0: You're in the interview with Reviews and Done.
1: What's up, world? Once again, it's Shiman Derek Dunn, of Reviews and Done. Back with another interview. My guest today is one-third of legendary group Guy. Now, you know, I know that Guy, man, that first album is still... A classic. Thirty-two years later, so I want everyone to give it up for Mr. Damien Hall, A.K.A. Crazy Legs.
0: What's How up, everybody? Doing that, I'm doing good, sir. Man, what's up to to all your fans and your listeners, man? It's a it's a it's a pleasure to be on, and uh, looking forward to uh, showing some love to your people, man.
1: Cool, cool. Let's get right into it. So you grew up in the Bronx. How integral was that early hip hop sound to your childhood?
0: Well, I grew up in I grew up in Brooklyn. Oh, I Brooklyn. grew up in I grew up in Brooklyn and Roosevelt, Long Island. Um, and the impact of music for me was gospel. For me and my brother, my, my brother Aaron, and, and my older brother Todd Hall, who's a, a phenomenal uh, poppin' and evangelist. Um, we grew up in the, in the church world, so as far as you know, music and the influence. I was influenced by the Winans, clock Sisters, um, Timothy Wright, and the, the Washington Temple, uh, Benny Diggs and King's Temple Community Choir, where I grew up in, that was in Hempstead. Um, and I know everybody. I know everybody from Fred Hammond to. Uh, John P. Keys and my brother's song with Hezekiah Walker. So, you know, we really was not hip hop, R and B heads. Growing up, we were we were church boys who listened on the sly, especially Aaron, because Aaron was a he loved um, Stevie Wonder and Charlie Wilson and the Gap Band. So that influenced him. For me, it was all about gospel, and 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 the 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 growing up in New York. I am blessed and thankful that I grew up in New York because there's nothing, I don't care what country, what city, what state, there is no state or city like New York and it's four boroughs.
1: Truth. So you mentioned that you sang in a church, so was second music totally banned from you guys' household?
0: It wasn't banned from our household, but it wasn't played in our household like that neither. You know what I'm saying? So, um, like I said, we, we, we snuck in and listened to certain stuff, especially Aaron. I stuck and I stayed with the uh gospel for the most part and I'm glad and I'm glad we did, because every main singer that you have in the R and B world from Faith Evans to Fantasia to Charlie Wilson, uh, to Luther Vandross, and, and the great Whitney Houston, and everybody. We all grew up in the church. Everybody, everybody came from the church, you know, and um, that's why you get that strong, soulful sound that and that passion that you hear in, in certain voices, and the passion you hear in the Hall Brothers' voices. Cool.
1: So how did you earn the nickname Crazy Legs?
0: Well, you know when you come down to me Aaron and Teddy, I was the I was the best dancer of us three. Doesn't mean I was a great dancer, but I was damn sure better than those two at the time. And <laughs> uh, um, my my brother, who I call my brother Shake. Um, he he really molded me and and groomed me to be the dancer that people know me of today. But I have to say, um, though Aaron and Teddy gave me that name because of how I moved the energy I had, they gave me the name not knowing that that name was already resounded all through the East Coast of New York from the original and the, and the actual Crazy Legs. Um, who was the dancer, you know, a uh, uh, break dancer and popper, and he was the one who, when you see the girl in Flashdance doing doing the break dance move on, on the movie Flashdance, that was him in the wig doing those moves. So there was a crazy legs already. I didn't know. I end up, you know, trademarking the name and having the name. But he is the original crazy leg, and I'm blessed that that I am in that in that conversation of one of the uh, great dancers of this R&B realm, especially starting from late 80s to, to now. So, you know, Crazy Legs came from Aaron and Teddy as far as the, the name, but um, the actual name, where it was known first, was from the original Crazy Lakes. and I always have to pay homage to them.
1: Respect. Man, I um saw you guys... I'm showing sure my age here. I think it was 2017 when uh, you all did a show in Baltimore, and you you, you still got it, man. Like, it was always impressive <laughs> to see Danny on stage, you know, popping and locking and being energetic like, energetic like you haven't lost a step, you know, from the
0: early days. Thank you, fam. Thank you. Look, look I always tell people, when it comes down to me, Evan, and Teddy, what we have pride in, and I say this in a in a positive way, what we have pride in is that we started a sound of music, we created a sound of music called New Jack Swing. And we are the original kings of the New Jack Swing. There are no other kings of New Jack Swing. That's When I hear it and hear people say that, I laugh at that because we created the sound, we created the, 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 the image, the swag. We had the gold. Diamond top Rolex watches. We had the diamond rings and the chains, and we had the, the canes and the hats and the glasses, the the sunglasses in the club late at night. With the mink fur coats. We were the one rocking that first before any R&B person did it whatsoever. There is no group outside of that that ever even touched our level of our swag, sound, and stage presence. And I and I say this. Um, in its entirety, when we get on that stage, we make sure we ain't, we're not lip syncing. We're not singing without tracks. If you hear a mess up, then you're hearing us mess up. But when you when you listen to those guy albums, and you see us perform those things live on stage, you get all of the presence of the GUI: Aaron Hall, Teddy Riley, Damian Hall. You get the sound. You get you get that vocal, and you get the energy that I bring to the table. On that stage then I feel unmatched by any other group And 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 truly when people say oh well you know everybody new jack swingers you know you got you got uh BBD and 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 boys to men and keep sweat they, they no, they wasn't new jack swingers they were produced some, some some of them was produced by by Teddy so he gave it a new jack swing sound right but it come down to the kings of the New Jack Swing, you can't go past us. three. And, and, and the sorrow of it is that when you see people do TV shows and they go, New Jack Swing ever, of the 90s. First, it started in 88. We have to stay there. Then it went into the 90s. And other, other producers that were influenced by Teddy started creating that type of trying to get that swing beat from Eddie F to even I'll Be Sure, to Brian um um Brian um to to Tim Fife and then Pharrell and, and Timberland all of them came under Teddy, you know, under his tutelage, learning from him his those vibes and they created their own sound. But everything stemmed from looking up to Teddy Riley and or Aaron Hall, like like uh um uh, R. Kelly it's up to, to Aaron when he first came out with Honey Love and R. Kelly Public Announcement and then R. Kelly branched off and started doing him. But all that came from people who looked at us and and wanted to sound and, and be in that same arena as God. And so when I speak to people and, and I speak to my audience and the audience that don't know me, I want them to understand who we truly are. You know what I'm saying? And what we truly brought to the table and did not get the recognition not not from DJs or video promoters or programmers and stuff like that. I'm talking about from the powers that be from these uh, award shows and stuff like that. They didn't give us the our credit. We never won an award as guy except one award from the Black Honors and I love them for respecting us in two thousand sixteen. But we started in nineteen eighty eight. And any album that we put out, you can listen to the, from the beginning to the end of every, any album, no matter which one you like best. How many groups can say that? How many groups can say that their, their songs and their remixes were even better than their original records? Anyway, you know.
1: Yeah. Not many. So – New Jack Swing fans, and there's a lot of them, I mean, worldwide, especially when it comes to Guy that know the um, history. So we know that Aaron and Timmy originally started Guy. You know, they met working at Abraham and Strauss in New York, and then Teddy, you know, came into the group. So prior to that, had you ever met Teddy, you know, in your days in New York before you went to college?
0: No, I did not. Um as you said, and I appreciate you saying what you just said, yes, um, my brother and, and Timmy Gatlin worked at Abraham & Strauss in the shoe department. They came up with wanting to do a, a group. Timmy being a producer and writer, and my brother being a writer and, and keyboard player and bass player and, and of such, they literally came up with the, with the album. Like, the majority of that album was, a, was already written and semi-co-produced by Aaron and Timmy before Timmy introduced uh, Teddy to, to Aaron because Timmy and Teddy knew each other from kids at work so and so on. And so when he brought him in, Aaron saw Teddy playing, and Aaron said, I don't want to do this without him. And that's how Teddy got in the groove because, you know, everybody, everybody felt Teddy started, started Guy. Teddy did not start Guy. Aaron and Timmy started Guy, but Teddy was damn sure intricate and taking that sound and then making what was there and enhancing and, and creating that, that swing and that shuffle and those different sounds to make it so great as it is. So, I mean, I don't put no producer and I don't, and I don't say this because I'm biased. He's he's in my group or he, that he's my brother, but I don't put no producer above Teddy, especially when it come down to smacking them drums and, and them, and that bass and, giving you that 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 hit that you want i don't, I don't think they're a producer better than Timmy that 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 can do that so um i was in virginia state university and timmy timmy left the group they had a you know between gene griffin god bless and so um he you know timmy got out the group Aaron came to virginia state university and was like yo i want to be famous i want to be famous I, I, I need you in the group i was like you want to be famous okay um I called my dad maybe about a week or two before finals and I said, Dad, can I go? Um and help Aaron. He said, if You want to, okay. I literally left right before finals, went down there and boom. Once I got to the studio, I was listening, I was hearing, I was like, Dang, what is this? I was hearing Groove Me and different and I saw Teddy with this four finger gold ring on his on his hand and he had a mint coat on and I was like, What is that? That is it was, it was just shocking to me because I'm a church boy. You know what I mean? I didn't see rings like that or anything. And then Gene gave what hey, what, what up, Damian? Come in. here. Here we go. Good to meet you. And he went right to the to the signature of the contract, pulled it back. I signed it. I said, man, you got to sign. I said, I got to get this check. He said, come on, man, sign, man. You're going to mess up. We got to be famous. And I am like, okay. I signed it. And I took a copy of the contract to my attorney. When I took to my attorney, it came back, like, super thick, like a like a best-selling book, he was like, "I hope you did not sign it." I said, "Yeah, I did." He said, "Oh, you signed your life away, blah blah blah." But my life had nothing to do with the contract. My life had had everything to do with um, being there for my brother and with my brother. And so I stuck into it, and you know, we are where we are because we stayed with one another, and, and and it's a lot that went on with that. But I, you know, let's we'll see, <laughs> it's a lot, you know.
1: No doubt, so, you know, sticking with the first album, as we all know, um, you are on the cover, Timmy's on the the cover in front of um, Aaron, and I remember when um, you guys were doing the promo for Guy 3, you did an interview with Vibe Magazine, and (laughs) uh, you talked about in the interview how, like, you would, like, literally say, like, people are, you know, we're kind of dumb for thinking that was you on the cover. Like you know it was you know, Timmy on the cover. So right. were there ever plans for them to reshoot the debut cover album with you in place of Timmy? Was that ever
0: talked about? Well, you know, when I when I came in they they said we don't have time to do another shoot right now because if we do, it'll push the album from coming coming out. So this is this was the um the comfort zone or whatever, for for me. Okay, look, your your name will be in the back, but his picture got to stay in the front. So I was like, I mean, I mean, did, did I really have a? Was that a? Is that a? Is that a question? Are you trying to, you know, what 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 was that? Because that really doesn't make sense to me. But okay, um, so when it came out, it it made everybody around the world confused. It was just like. Uh, Aaron, Teddy, Damien. it got to be Damien because Damien, T- Timmy, not even they, so they were really there was people were looking at Aaron, and even though Timmy was right there, they were saying, "Oh, that must be Damien, Aaron, and and, and Teddy." It was weird, like, and so how how things changed was we were doing a, an in store at Tower Records, and it was thousands of people out out Tile Records. We came out. We came out the limousine. We go in, and the first guy out is plastered all over the place. The walls, all over the place. Door. I walk back. I said, I'm not doing. I'm not not one autograph, taking no picture. I don't care about nothing. You got to take all this stuff down, bro. They was like, what? You got to take it down. I'm not. So we all walk back into the limo. Two hours later, me, Aaron, and Teddy, the new photos, the new eight by tens, all all up in the store. I say, cool. So throughout that whole, let me say, when when Gloomy first came out, it really took a nine-month span before we really got big. I mean, it's almost like nine months of, like, little movement. And then, bam, like, on that ninth month, that first day of the tenth month, we literally were like superstars. And the weird thing was, of course, I was known as Aaron's brother or the third guy. Right? It wasn't like Aaron, Danny, and Teddy. It was like Aaron, Teddy, the third guy. Aaron, Teddy, Aaron's brother. I was like, okay, now this is going to stop. And I was the drummer. Originally, I was drumming because I'm a drummer first. I was drumming for, for hate uh, say, for guy, drumming in guy. And Aaron and Teddy was getting like, I saw him getting the screams and stuff. I was like, God dang. This, this sucks. You know what I'm saying? Because I got the same outfit on. I, I literally got the same outfit on. Nah, this going to stop. So I, I threw off the sticks, put some percussions in, in the front, and I would start getting up front with, with them. This way people can see. You see this G-U-Y in the back of, the, of, these, of these certain outfits? I'm the Y. And I'm gonna, so I literally fought for my position, not against Aaron and Teddy, because they wasn't like going, man, get, get back on the drums. It was uh, just against the system. You know what I mean? And so I, I had to fight my way to make sure people knew who Damon Hall w- w- was. You know? And. Sir. Sure. Yeah. All
1: right. So, we, you know, we already mentioned the first album's a classic. I mean, I think at one point, you know, when I was a youngster, I had an audio cassette. Then I rebought the CD. Um, the song grooved me. You know, my memory grooved me. As an adult, was when I was in the Air Force. One of my best friends, my homie, Melvin Penn Jr. You know, we were on base, so we always go to the club. So around 10:45 on a Friday night, Melvin is throwing that First Guy album, and he would keep grooving me on repeat as like his, um, I guess it was his theme song or his anthem for the night, you know, for, you know, for the ladies. <laughs> right. So shout out to y'all for making a, you know, a classic debut album. Now, back in the day, during that first promo run, what was your first, you know, correction, what, what was your favorite song to perform from the first album during concert? Well,
0: I like, and I like is still my favorite song, um, to perform during the concert. Um, but back then it was, you know, for us, show was everything. Still is, but show was everything. And we wanted to make sure that no one had a show like us. So, you know, I was the one that really put the stage show together because I got the dancers, I choreographed everything. Um, and worked with Teddy because we had to make sure, okay, let let which songs we're going to go. I think this song should be this first and that. So me and Teddy we work, we work hand in hand with that. Aaron did the background singers, Teddy did the band, and I did the structure of the show. So once that happened, once I heard what was going on, me and Teddy would would go through, and and know and that said Aaron, okay, we need to come out like this, and okay, me you and 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 Aaron Teddy gonna do this. But that was really in in my hands between me and, and my and my brother Shake. Um, who has assisted me in almost everything in every video I've done. But I like, because I like is a a song that gives you every inch of who Guy is, from my point of view. Um, the funk, the energy, the vocal, the the movement of the different instruments, is what made us just go hard in the paint. And I, I, I you know, I hate to single out one song. I mean yeah, one song because shoot, guys guys many songs. You know, we, we can we can do a, a show mm-hmm. and and everybody's standing up all day because every every song to the audience was a hit. And to us as well.
1: Yeah man, um I if if I could um time travel if it's ever possible. You know, I wanna go back in time to um that 88, 89 time period when R and B was just so strong. So, you know, speaking on eighty nine, you know, I'm a diehard no edition fan and I know that you guys toured together around eighty nine. I also know that there are quite a few times where you upstage them on their own um their own tours. So, I mean just how tight was that stage show back then?
0: Well, first of all, I, and I spoke about this recently, there are two groups who are legendary groups during that time, and they came before us. It's guy in Edition, and I tell people this all day, I love those cats with everything. They made me into the entertainer that I am because they were our – counterparts they were the people who when we came out everybody was new addition new edition they did grow was like whoa and when i saw them perform it was the most incredible thing i've ever seen as before, for me like they took what the temptations and the four tops and them used to do and, and and put a little a little swag on top of the move though you know what i mean they it was just it was just on some not that they weren't but for our time New addition was that group. But here's the great thing about when we did that that tour together. They are great at what they do. There's nobody better than them at what they do. And then there's nobody better at what we do. So if there was to be a tour then, and we were to do this tour now, mm-hmm. we would sell out every arena across the globe just with Guy and New Edition. And I know that. And if Jodeci and then were completely on point, if there was a Guy-Jodeci-New Edition tour, oh, my God, that would be the most incredible thing. So before I die, because of how great that tour was and- 88, 89, Because it started in in like the like toward the end of 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 uh, eighty-eight. Um. That's when that's when everything was everything. I, I don't I don't think you know. Guy and New Edition, <laughs> even to this day, is is the most incredible uh, groups. No matter what, and the only thing that can stop us is us. So so me and Mike Bivens speak a lot, and we speak on. You speak on having, having that, creating that tour again, given, given everything come back correct and things happen. Let's try to get that together. That, I think the world needs to see that again because it was, abrupt, it was abruptly canceled because of a lot of other scrupulous things that happened on that tour that had nothing to do with the group itself. But you know everybody knows the story. We don't really talk about the story anymore. But you know, yep. um, it was it was it was it was stopped abruptly, and I think the world needs needs to see that, and, and we need to finish that.
1: Totally agree. The time is moving along. It's 1990. I'm in a I'm in third grade. The teacher album dropped. I've always been an old soul, though. So November 1990, the featured album drops. Another um classic, no sophomore slump. And with that one, you know, I, I can tell you another story about, you know, one of the singles from that, that one. So, you know, I'm in the U.K. in the Air Force in 2005, and I, I think I was playing something from the third album. And, you know, a lady came up to me and asked me, you know, can you play, uh, Want to Get With You for Me and My Husband? And, you know, it was a Caucasian couple. And I'm like, like y'all know that song? I was like, yeah. Like, guys, that shit. So, you know, that's my little spiel for, um, the second album. But the second album, you had the lead rap on Gotta Be a Leader and Dog Me Out. Originally, you sang lead on Let's Chill. Do you think we we'll ever could hear your version of the song?
0: Uh, you know, uh, first of all, I like you because without me having to say it, you're saying things, and I appreciate that um I hope so you know it would it would be nice if i was uh I was uh completely taking up that song without my knowledge right um I think that would be I think that would be cool because of course, yes, I sung that song, and I always say jokingly and seriously that what if my vocal was Left on that song that became such an iconic song to the world, my whole career would probably be different. Matter of fact, I know it would be different right now, my whole career. And so, it's out there, and I'm going to I'm actually gonna go to um, MCA, and 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 demand certain masters and all that kind of stuff because I think I think the the world should hear it, especially doing during the time now where everything is is open season, I think it'd be it'd be cool. Now wanna get with you and you and you saying that, that white couple asked to listen to that record, Wanna Get With You was like my baby. When when we did that song, the video concept, the shooting of the video, everything came from me. That whole concept, for I think of the video, I went down to LA, flew down there me and Shake, I got the dancers together, choreographed everything, made sure what we was gonna wear, where we was gonna shoot, went on location, did everything. Um, but I also did that along with with the director, because back then, you know, they wasn't saying directed by Damien Hall or whatever. It was always by whoever was, you know, doing video because the red company. But everyone knows, conceptually, Damien Hall did that, right? And so the Dog Me Out remix, that idea as well came from part of my brain. You understand? Um, but again, that doing that and the her we I, I won't I won't fast forward. But a lot of those songs, the concept came from my head because when you see the video and you see how the video was shot then you'll see, okay, I get it now because you see a lot of clips of me doing what I do and going back and hear me because those videos are the videos that I really put uh, effort in to the song and to the video itself. So that's why people saw a lot of Damien during that time and felt a lot of Damien's vibe there. And that's when I started finding my own way to let people go, oh, Craigslist is killing it. Oh, oh, crazy, it could sound and it's, 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 as, as weird as it is. That little, thought you loved me, but you didn't. You know, when I did that on Don't Be Out Remix, everybody was like, oh, that's so dope. I was like, what? That's not me really. But it, it shows you the power of song. And so, you know, that started the upbringing of Crazy Legs, for real, during that time, that ever of those songs.
1: And then as leads us to our um, talking about that solo album, Straight to the Point, released on April 26, 1994. And, you know, first of all, I want to shout out Mr. Lowell Stylus Jr., rest in peace. Um, hell of an executive, um, great label. So, you know, I don't think we got to see everything Lowell was trying to do because Stylus I man, y'all had a vicious label back in the, 90s with some amazing, like, amazingly talented singers from Keith Washington to Shante Moore to Jesse Powell and, you know, of course, yourself. So Straight to the Point Drops, sick album, production with Tricky Stewart, um, a young Brian McKnight, killer slow jams, dope ballads, and, you know, that first single, bro, Satisfy You with this Shantae Moore, I you know, I got to ask, man, just. How bad is she up close? Because, you know, Shante, back in the day, that's like one of them early crushes from sixth grade. Yeah, 13, when that album dropped. So just how gorgeous is Miss Shante more up close?
0: Well, Shante is a, is a beautiful person inside and out anyway. She's angelic and she's, to this day, I think she looks better today than she did back then. Um, Shantae's a beautiful, a beautiful person and a beautiful spirit. Um, so that was, that was cool seeing with her. But let me, let me go back and just clear up a couple of things you said. Number one, the album was produced, executive produced, and 75% written every lyric by Damien Hall. Tricky Stewart and Sean Sethall Hall came in as my co-producers and enhanced the 16 tracks that I did in Atlanta I already had did all the tracks. All the tracks were done. All the songs were written. But it didn't have that <clears throat> that I needed. And here's the weird thing. When I found Tricky and Sean before they was even doing anything, um, the weird thing, and I didn't know this, that, that Laney Stewart is the one that did Aaron's first album. So it was a coincidence that Laney's brother was the one that was really putting that sauce and that hit and of everything that I had already put together, making it, making it great. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's that was the greatness of 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 it. Was that uh, without them, everything I want that I did because you know I didn't I I, I learned how to produce from Petty, um, but Everything I it still, it didn't have the, the, the end oomph that I needed, and literally Ricky Stewart and, and Sean Paul bought that. So, and I, and I got to say, I was the first on one of list records out of London Jones, Jesse Powell, Aaron, Shante, Keith, Boston. I was the only artist that executive produced my record, wrote every lyric, and produced my record. That's just the facts. So it's important for that because that was like my baby. So whenever people say certain things, and I, I'm, I'm commending you because you, you, you're coming hard with it. Um, when people say that, I want people to understand because nobody was helping me with that record. Nobody was saying, no, like this kind of melody. Nah, Damien, how about this? Nah, the only people that, that did that was Brian Loren on, on Satisfy You. They had that because that song was originally done by Michael Jackson. And then he did it. And then I got the record. And I did a version with Michael Jackson's background vocals on it. And then we did a version because Lou Silas, God bless his soul. loved Shantae so much. He wanted Shantae on the record. And I said, oh, okay, whatever. And put Shantae on the record. And that was cool. But I also wanted the version of me and Michael Jackson to be released, but they didn't want that because that would have, that would have blew me out of the water. That would have definitely did some, some damage. Um, Oh, yeah. On that, because the record was such a beautiful
1: record. And I also want to shout you out really quick from your, your production for, um, i take you back really quick. to so holding it on, on the Zebrahead soundtrack with Forte?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a classic song yeah. right there,
1: too, man. And, you know, I don't think you get enough um credit for doing what you were, you know, production-wise, because you're so wild, man. That joint, um... Like I said, killer slow jams, great ballads. I mean, do you think that it was just – it dropped at the wrong time, or do you think the label underpromoted? or
0: No, it, or it dropped I mean, at the I... wrong time. It dropped at the right time, but, but the label themselves came to me and said to me, there is no way we're going to make you bigger than your brother. Impossible. That cannot happen. Because truth be told, I was selling more records than my brother." Truth be told, fast forward, rest in peace, Lou Solid, when Lou Solid died, his people came to me and was like, then we got to let you know that your numbers on your record, you actually went gold. The numbers on your record was outshining your brother's record like almost 5-1 because people would go to the record store, look at, oh, and then look, Damon Hall, what the hell is this? And out of, you know, laughing or or... You know, being just being like, no way. Let's, we got to hear this. You know, like, this is probably garbage. He's not a singer. And they would buy my record just as a joke, just to find out, wow, this is good. Right? But the record company was seeing the numbers and was like, nah. And they literally told me in my face, you're not going to be bigger than your brother. And I was seven with a bullet on Billboard, which satisfied you. And the next week, I was off the charts. That's when I knew the power of the powers that be. Oh, no. This, this ain't got nothing to do with whether you can sing or you got a great record or you had the greatest producers on your record. Mm, no. It has everything to do with if what they want and if they choose it for you to be that artist. Because Brian McKnight, before Brian McKnight became Brian McKnight, gave me three of the most classic, still to this day, Classic records, never enough, second chance, lost inside of you. The most beautiful, he he brought the best out of me because hey, he's a Gemini like myself. But he's a perfectionist. There's a certain way he liked even before he became the big Brian that y'all know of today. In a certain way, he was real egotistical about his his records and how he produced and what he wanted to hear. And I and me and him butt heads because we both Gemini, so I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I couldn't do, and he knew what he wanted me to do, and I loved him for um, stressing the fact that to be a great singer, forget flying vocals in the hooks and find them where they go. Every time we get to the hook, you're going to sing it over. I was like, I'm not doing that. But you know what? <laughs> he made me do it, and I, I, I ain't going to say made but I, I understood his passion, so I did it. And when I listened to those records, and this week, you know, someone played it on the video because I did another interview earlier this week, and they played it, and they was like, you know, people are calling like crazy. They said, "Dog, we even know, man, forgive us." Like, good lord, these records are crazy, and I'm so thankful because those I wrote those records, and well, I picked those particular records from him. Because I wanted women to understand that love is serious, and men know how to show it, too. You know, during that time, that's what I wanted to show. So every song that I wrote had a meaning to what I wanted a female to feel when they heard that lyric. And I'm I'm, I'm thankful for that, but I'm also, not now, I'm not sad anymore, but You know, what if? It's a lot of what ifs. What if that record was promoted the way it's supposed to be? I I ain't no if there's a bus that record would have went platinum. Because I'm coming, I was two-thirds of, 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 it was two-thirds of guy out at the same time. Me and Aaron's album released very close to each other. And before Aaron dropped I Miss You, he had like three other singles before that. And the record wasn't moving until... I Miss You came, and that video, and that's when it rocketed up. me. I think he saw like 1.2 million albums, something like that. Or just he just hit 1 million, 1.1, 1. 1, something like that, albums, on that album, on that record. I had one single, Satisfy You, and then they did Dog Me Out. I mean, I'm sorry, Do Me Like You Want to Be Done. Um, and that only came out for a quick second. It really didn't get out. They stopped promoting that before it even really came out because it was a maxi single. And I did a remix on that, on that, um, on that record. And then they stopped it. So for me to sell 500,000 units off of one single, come on, man. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy that you acknowledging certain things because that shows, a you have respect for music, whether me or anybody else, but B you have respect for the person that you, you interviewing on your phone, and I appreciate
1: that. Oh no, doubt, brother. And um, you know, again, you know, I I take it back to my um, you know, my Air Force days. Um, I, I think I I had the cassette of um, Straight to the Point. But when I was in the Air Force, you know, I'm I'm over in England. I'm DJing. I'm doing nothing but buying music. So you know, I would just go buy stuff on CD to play in the club and. You know, hearing your album or really any album at age 23 as opposed to hearing at age, like, you know, 12 or 13, the lyrics hit a bit differently. And some songs in that joint, bruh, that came in handy during my late-night creep sessions, that's another story for another time. So shout-out to you, man, for that um, classic solo album. So prior to Reignite with Guy... In '99, you guys did a song called "Tell Me What You Like" around '95 for the New York Undercover under soundtrack. you have any memories recording that one?
0: Of course, because that's when first of all we wasn't we weren't together for a while, um, and then we got together for New York Undercover, and it was almost like we didn't miss the beat. And Teddy was like, "Yo, I got this got this song," you know. He we, he went in he was doing the music, and it was like, I was like, man, this is. Turn me up, baby, what you want, baby. Let me know what you I said, this is dope. It's going to be dope. And when, he, and when he came out, everybody jumped on it like, like hot fire. Like, yo, guys on New York Undercover soundtrack, that song is dope. And we've never sung that song live, but that song is really is really a, a, a dope song. And I loved it because during that time, New York Undercover was so such a, a phenomenal hit show on TV. When we when we went there, we actually did a, an episode of the show, and uh, we, we performed performed that, that 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 record. It was really cool, man. It was it was it was a lot of fun because. That's when I realized that we were special because we haven't spoke, we didn't, we didn't see each other, we didn't do nothing, and we came and was like, boom, we just, what up, what up, what up, let's go, let's do what we do. Can nobody do it like us? And and we didn't miss a beat. Um, so that was an honor to 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 be able to be on that on that show. um, and have a song on that on the soundtrack, and, and for people to go, no, nah, no, nah, we can't do this without God, bro. and then for us to have the feature song on that on that record as well. All right, so
1: junior high school, you know, we hear about the guy reunion. I remember the stories, talks on the radio, and everything. It's summer '99, and you know, Wild Wild West soundtrack drops. Now, you know, folks were buying it. For the Will Smith single, No Shade It Will, but, you know, I was looking forward to that new guy song, The Best. A couple months later, you guys dropped that vicious single, Dancing from the Guy 3 album, and at this time, I'm living in El Paso, senior in high school. I was one of the few cats probably bumping this album like on the regular, and I would tell folks, like, yo, man, go pick up that Guy 3 album. That joint goes in, like, Tell me, y'all, man. So, you sang lead or co lead on Not a Day, Telling Me No, and Love Online. All three of those songs are single worthy, in my opinion. If you could have tried a video for one of those three songs, which one would you pick?
0: I need you but you're not for me. I don't need in my computer, but I need you, you, no, I, I I would say, not a day amongst all those songs is the strongest of the three songs. Okay, those are the songs. That's the song that. That's that's the song that allowed for people to hear what me and Aaron sound like with one another, right? That was that was that song, and it also featured. Three quarters of that song was, was me singing the vocals. So I love that song out of all three. But video, to answer your question, love online because during that time is when computers and everything, and you, you got mail, right? I think that would have been a sponsorship opportunity beyond measure before it was even hitting like that. That would have been an extreme sponsorship opportunity because AOL would have, would have definitely – AOL would have definitely um, called us up and said, oh, wait, wait a minute. Uh, this song, is, this song is, is crazy. And who's this group? And we should do this. So I think I, it, being a creative, thoughtful individual when it comes down to seeing things, love online, because I, I could do a lot more computers and girls and coming through the screen and different storylines going through it, love online.
1: Yeah, my pick, too. So I can only imagine how crazy that world tour would have been for um, the guy, Three Project. I mean, it would would have been dope to see it at that time, especially with you guys' stage game and just being vets in the game. There really wasn't no other groups out at that time that could touch all, in my opinion, from, you know, a stage point. So how do you think a tour would have played out for the guy, the guy reunion tour, in ninety
0: nine two thousand. Wow, um, first of all, it would have been incredible, because everybody was wanting it. It's been it was ten years or well, nine and a half whatever years where we didn't speak to each other, see each other, nothing. And then we came out with the guy three record, which regardless if people are tuned in and love the. The legendary guy album and love the future record. That guy three album was was tough because you literally got another bullet in the chamber with me singing on the album. And if we had toured, I think people would have got the next level of where guy was headed. You know what I'm saying? Because you would have you would have had to hear all those records. We have never sang any of those songs on the guy three album live on tour in front of a crowd ever not one not even dancing which was our biggest single we didn't even sing that song so when you when you when you think about when you think about when you think about the levels of artistry there is no artist like guy i don't care what group you put together, you could say BBD, Next, 112, Jagged Edge, Drew Hill, Tony, Tony, Tony. You could say all of that. And you can look at Play Day Records because we're the only group out of all those groups that only had three albums. Two albums that was promoted and three albums, and the album that we didn't promote, which was Guide 3, went gold without us doing anything. There is no other group where you can listen to all of their records from the beginning. To the end. So when I speak, I speak my truth because so many people get it twisted on why is Guy still in 2020 or in the 2019 still headlining whenever you hear Guy's on the show, we're not opening up for nobody, we headline the show. Because still to this day, people know that our records are stronger than any other person that's on that bill. And all of them people are my friends. Some of them are, I'm very close to, and at the end of the day, we all speak, eat, talk shit to each other, everything. But, guy is 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 is, is the headline group, and I I, I don't I don't show sure coat that, and I don't I would never go, oh yeah, you know. And if we do open up for somebody, in some weird way, where we come on before them, eh, they know what happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, we. I'm a competitor. I'm a competitor. I'm also someone who looks at the industry with with side eye because of the disrespect the industry did to Guy, and 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 by slapping Guy in the face, it's almost impossible for us not to have awards. And I'll, I'll repeat this again. I said it earlier. It's almost impossible for a group who had a legendary producer in Teddy Valley, one of the top five vocalists on radio in my brother Aaron Hall, and one of the most energetic people to hit the stage in Damien Crazy Legs. For us not to get the kudos, we had three songs on the charts before anybody was, was Now that was happening. We had every all of our songs charted. All of our remixes, people play to this day. No other person's remixes hit as hard as our our remixes on any of those groups. You can play them. I'm quite sure you have. I stick by my brand so tough that I can say in front of a room of all all of my peers. Y'all know better. Y'all know if we really come hard, y'all need to say, yeah, let guy close. Because we come and we give our soul and our passion to our music. We don't sugarcoat it. We don't sit here and play games with it. And I don't allow us to play games with it because the brand is everything, no matter what else we do. The brand is what, and that goes for any group, BBD. RBRM, Johnny Gill, Bob tresvant they will always have the moniker of new edition in a conversation in an the interview. When is the addition gonna come back? When the new addition? I don't care how great they are as individual groups or together, it doesn't matter. No matter what we do, we're always going to be what's up with, with, with Teddy and, and Aaron? What's up with Aaron and Damien? You know, what's up with <laughs> what's up what, with Teddy and Dick, you're going to always ask those questions because the, the, the love, the music, the moment that you heard groove me. That feeling is what allowed our fans and our friends to still hold us up even during the time when we disrespected each other or ourselves. That's power.
1: That's power. Yes, sir. You're dropping that knowledge on us, man. And, you know, I I can hear the, you know, the passion in your voice. So, you know, I respect that. So, you know, what a lot of people might not know is outside of your solo work, outside of the guy work, you've also dabbled in acting, you know, numerous gospel
0: plays. So is acting
1: something that you're also passionate about in addition to your music?
0: Yeah, I I, I absolutely like you, but I'm going to say that. (laughs) Um yeah, um, acting was was my, and still is my first love, though, you know, I love acting because I just, I, becoming other people and doing other things and, and allowing yourself to be someone other than who you are, for any actor, male or female out there, especially those that are, aren't completely known for it, it's a, it's a phenomenal thing. For me, doing gospel plays um, was amazing. And they still want, they wanted me to continue doing that. But I was like, oh, I don't want to just keep doing gospel plays when I'd rather just be on stage with my brother and Teddy. And then that was going back and forth. But acting, I, I really want to do more of it. So here's what I'm doing. I'm doing my reality show. I'm going to start shooting at the end of July. I got some scripts for this television series that my boy put together that he wants me to be in, so I'm reading that. I have a movie script that I just got few days ago that I'm reading mm. trying to see what's good. And hopefully I get that. Nine down ten I probably will. We'll see. There's a couple other movies that my another producer sent me like four scripts. And um, he's like, D, I don't even want you to I don't want you to uh, uh, try out for it. I know I want you to be in it. So, I mean, if those things happen, I'll be happy because, you know, I'm 52 right now. I say that to say I'm not getting any younger. If I'm going to do whatever I'm doing, I have to do it right now. Not because I I look old or I'm moving old or nothing. It's just because I'm 52. You know what I'm saying? And I want to just enjoy and let the world see everything that they may have to offer because, uh, the problem with the industry is the industry will try to limit your your greatness and your gift because you maybe you're not playing in this in the in the system correctly or maybe they you're not the one they wanted to to be the the guy you know and so they try to limit you and I tell everybody don't let nobody limit who you are because who you are is what god created you to be. If you're meant to be a great, great actor, a great singer, comedian, a uh, producer, a writer, uh, a regular artist, an artiste, then these are the things that you are meant to be. Don't let somebody talk you where you can't be great. So at 52, I'm, I'm about to show some people some more things in, in, the, in the years to come before I truly, truly retire.
1: Well, I wish you luck and um, I'm looking forward to seeing the act and that, uh, you know, I got to ask about this question. I totally had a totally from to my mom, but I just thought about it hearing you speak about the act. And so, you know, guy had that quick little cameo in new Jack city as the new year's Eve band where you guys perform the title song. How did, how did you guys get the role in new Jack city? Did, um, they just reach out to you all or was it just a spur of the moment thing?
0: No, they did. They did reach out. Um, uh, my Van People, he said, I want Guy. Um, I want Guy to do the song. It was, it was specific, specific to us. I want Guy in this scene, and I want Guy to do the song. That was probably the best, one of the, the best and greatest recordings that we've done um, with each other as far as the spirit and the passion of what we gave to one another. When we were recording um, New Jack City, it was it was it was phenomenal. It was fun. It was like we were kids, but it was like little kids playing in the park. And that song came very easy to us. And in the beginning, you know, Tay said, "Let's just all be who we are." And I got on the drum and played the drum, like that was live drums on that record. So it was it was a lot of. Fun, Aaron Sonic, great Teddy was. It was just a great record, all in all. Bernard Bell was in there. We had a lot of fun, man. And that was an honor because that is, that is a classic movie. I mean, and when you hear Wesley Snipes say, "I really did not want to do that 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 movie. I didn't want to play that role, that kind of role. I didn't want to be known as that." And when you hear him have interviews and say that, you go, "Man," and me and Wesley was was very close at, at, one, at one point. I love Wesley to death. But to, I've never heard him say that, so I heard him in an in interview maybe a couple of months ago, and he said that. I, I never wanted to, to do that. That's not the kind of acting I wanted to do. But, uh, you know, they convinced me to do it, and I was like, wow. So you never know how great you are until you place it in, in a position, right? And, I, and I'm, I'm grateful to be in such a classic movie, definitely for us. It, was, it is our classic New York, New, I mean, New Jack City. Everyone talks about that, and everyone talks about that scene. You know, like, man, when y'all was in the scene and the, and the thing and the, he was having this whole thing, and y'all was singing, that was dope. And, and you can hear it in the, in the song, too. This is the sound, grab your partner and get down. And you, can hear, you can hear the energy in that song for that particular scene, and it worked so lovely. Um, so I, I truly loved it. But I wanna I wanna be in a movie where I'm acting a part and you hear me singing, I'm I mean, talking and I'm slapping somebody up or punching somebody in the eye or, or maybe I'm crying and playing some playing some yeah. drug addict or something. You know what I mean? But I I wanna I wanna be doing something where you, you can see that's Damien, but that's not Damien. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, man, I said I'm enjoying Century I said you're very um very passionate, very, very chill, and, and tell him something I, I didn't know. So, you know, before we close up, he's got a few more questions. So if we ever get that guy biopic, who would you like to see play you on screen? Me?
0: No, no, <laughs> me when it comes down to uh, getting to the age of, you know, I think I, can, I think I can play me from 30 on to now, be truthful. Let me, die my, let me cut this it off and cut this down, and, yeah, I, I could play me. But, I, I man, I, you know, everybody I know is, 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 is older. You, you know what I'm saying? so to, to go yeah. 18 years old, 17-year-old Damien, I don't know any actors out there that can, that can pinpoint and go, oh, that's it. I don't know. And I don't know any 30-year-old actors that can play me at 17. I know everybody. And I, mm, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I believe there's actors that could play me, but I, I wouldn't just put anybody playing, playing Damon. It, it has to encompass the personality and, and the corniness that I was at seventeen and eighteen, and then the flyness that I became at nineteen and twenty, going up, and then my personality. You got like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very unique person in itself. So you just can't be any actor can't just play me just because you playing Damien Hall. So I can't, you know, I'll be, it'd be unfair to you for me to say who, and it, and I'll be lying if I just spit out a name.
1: Respect for that, my man. So, you know, I got to ask you a hard question before we get to your, before we get into the, um, the podcast that you have and everything. But growing up in New York, man, were you more of a Jets fan or a, a Giants fan? Giants.
0: And growing up in New York, when I when I grew up, I was a Giants fan and, and a Nick fan because my dad my dad had um, floor seats Nick games. So I used to go go to Nick games and and um, meet everybody. I, I knew I I man, I knew uh, what's his name. Uh, I'm trying to go back to that time. Uh, Ewan Patrick Ewan, you know I met him. I met. Um, Bernard King, and I know, yeah. During that time, I was just excited. They were, they were, they were, they were really going hard at it. And now I'm friends with a lot, a lot of them. Um, but yeah, it was, it was. I was a Knicks fan and a Giants fan. You ask me now, it's totally different.
1: <laughs> cool, cool. So before we close out, brother, King, tell us about your um your podcast and your other post COVID plans? Outside of the that you're trying to get into? We got any music on the way?
0: Yes, I'm working on a new album. So I want everybody to get prepared for that. Um I think I'm gonna release something before the end of this year. Um, the way I'm thinking. Um and it's and it's, it's going to I don't know. I think I think I think it will shock certain people. And I think certain people will be like, What the hell is this? Um, but it's gonna be what I have to offer at this time, and I want people to be real when they when they hear it. And, and now, because of social media and IG and Twitter and all these different sources, please speak about it. Be truthful about it when you see it on Spotify and iTunes and this and the other, and my own um, uh, streaming platform. Speak about it. I, I, you no, know, I always tell people now: be truthful. Because I think artists do a lot of garbage music because no one really speaks up about it and then everybody's just singing garbage music, right? Um, yeah. And the ones that doing good music don't get the opportunity to be heard because they don't have the backing um, to allow it to be heard. So for me, um, because I am a walking legend along with two other people, Terry Riley and Aaron Hall, I have the avenue to be able to drop something and you pay attention to it and go, what, what, what who is this? So I'm really, I'm really putting together something that I think I'm proud of and something I think everybody else will will, will be proud of. Um, that's number one. Number two, every Friday and Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific time and 6 p.m. Eastern time, please come in to my IG, Damien, D-A-M-I-O-N, Hall, HALL underscore guy GUI and check out the Truth with Damien Hall. Um, I do that every Friday through Sunday, different topics, different things, and from that, which it streams out the podcast I'm, that I'm putting together now, so we're going through dotting, crossing the T's, dotting the I's on that. Um, right now, working title is um, "Behind the Music um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, um, behind the lights, and that's going to start probably when are we in June now. Probably the end of July, when I go strong with with the podcast. Um, I have clothing a clothing line. Um, or, or yeah, clothing line coming coming out. Y'all would know about it. Y'all will know. Uh, for like I said, go to my Go to my Facebook page, y'all, also Damien Hall, D-A-M-I-O-N-H-A-L-L. There are two Damien Hall pages, two of them which are me, but one I couldn't get into I started a new page, and, it's, and it, so I want people to be confused. It's me with my shirt off with my hands out in the air. And go to my Damien Hall, you know, follow me there. Everything's going to be on there. And my IG, which, again, Damien Hall underscore guy, um, doing a, web, a website now, putting that together. Um, my website and that'll come out and just look out for, for a lot of things that, that's going to be that's going to be coming I'm creating some new content as I said earlier my reality show I'm shooting at the end of July um, and I'm going to have some movie stuff but everything everything that come out people will know um, because it will be promoted and uh, people will hear about it I just want to say thank you to all your listeners and your and your and your people who follow your podcast in your, in your show, and thank you for respecting music in general bro. and giving respect to A Third of Guy, myself, and understanding the music and, and the passion that we put into it and the time that we put into it. And you being a youngster, if I may say, um, and having that old soul to really respect music, so who you know whoever comes to your platform, um, should be honored because you you definitely do your homework, and I appreciate that. You know, hearing the same questions every every day I do an interview it drives me nuts. So, um, hearing you speak and knowing what it is you wanna wanna say is is definitely appreciated. You keep on doing doing your thing, young man, because you're doing it you're doing it well.
1: Thank you, sir. Like I said, this was um. This is my blessing, man, and, you know, like I tell everybody since I've started um, podcasting, you know, I only started podcasting because of the COVID. I had no intentions on doing this because of my slight speech impediment. You know, I was going to have my website, do we print interviews, and thick to review them, but I interviewed um, Stokely from In Condition. He was the first one I did. He told me, like, you know, I'm only going to interview if you do, a, you know, telephone or, you know, FaceTime and... You know, after that interview, you told me, man, you're a natural, man. You really should, you know, consider doing this more. I'm like, all right, So since COVID, I've been knocking that out. But, I mean, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to me, man. You know, you're a legend in the game, classic solo album, classic work with Guy. You told me stuff I didn't know. So, you know, thank you for that. And, folks, if you've never heard Mr. Hall's solo album, straight to the point, seek that out. Fellas, when I say it, some joint on there. Get some heat on there. Check out the Guy 3 album to hear Damien really sing with his brother. Follow him on Instagram and all social media platforms. And his brother inspired me to give a uh, quote, like I always do when I close out my podcast. And that is, the secret of your success is determined by your daily agenda. It all comes down to what you do today. John C. Maxwell. Until the next time, be inspired,
0: be blessed, done out.